sound is. Nick, you and I both grew up watching rugby league. You're a St. George Illawarra fan. My whole family, uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs, Tragics. Did it ever occur to you that Greece would ever have a rugby league team, much less a place in the Rugby League World Cup? I didn't, Tom. It's unbelievable. Not only has Greece made history by qualifying in the Rugby League World Cup in England, which kicks off on October 15, the side will be coming up against serious and historic opposition in Group A in the form of France, Samoa and England. So mark it on your calendars and get behind the boys in England. We know there are Greeks everywhere, so for our Greek listeners in the UK, make sure you're there to support the boys. Get your tickets. We want to see everyone with their whistles, their flags, all sorts of stuff out there, you know, really showing that Greek spirit. What do you reckon, Nick? Are we going to see uh, the same type of scenes that we see in the uh, in the soccer over in Greece? Uh, I don't know. I reckon there'll be a few flares. What do you think? <laughs> We're not got, condoning there's got to be that. a flare there. Oh. We're not condoning that, that type of behaviour. <laughs> Uh, for a shock yeah rugby league crowd seeing the greeks turn up yeah maybe it's going to be very interesting isn't it (laughs) it will be yeah there'll be a lot out there for sure yeah we have some pretty important people from the greek side here in the distillery with us first and foremost we have greece's world cup coach with us he's currently assistant coach for the north queensland cowboys a former nrl first grader for Easts, western suburbs magpies west tigers wakefield trinity and the warrington wolves it's of course the great steve george arles welcome steve Good, thanks, mate. Welcome, mate. It's a nice list there of uh, teams you played for. Hey, you get around. Yeah, well, it's probably same same as my coaching career. Um, I've been at a few clubs. um, It's our industry. So you were at the Bulldogs recently as well, weren't you? Yeah, Bulldogs the last time. Been Cowboys the last two years. Uh, Yeah, so there's not too many teams left in the NRL to go to, but. Uh, there's a few people that want me to go to Dragons, but I'm not too sure about that club at the moment. Anyone in this room by any chance? What do you reckon? No, no, there's... Um, I think we need help, or maybe we do. No, you'll do good up there, mate. I think you're following the weather, aren't you? It's nice and warm up there. Yeah, it's very, very Smart up there move. compared to Sydney in the last uh, six months. So you haven't had a winter, have you, in Sydney? You've been stuck up there in You've been summer, stuck up there, yeah. 12, yeah. Hour, uh, 12 months of the year. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the temperature's... Uh, 23, 24 in winter and yeah. obviously a bit hotter in summer. Smart move, mate. Smart Good move. Good life. Well, we're so glad to have you here, Steve. Thanks very much. And next to Steve, I am super proud to welcome our first South Sydney <laughs> Rabbit on Uzo Talk. He's one of Souths and the game's rising stars who helped Greece qualify for the World Cup in the first place. He's one third of the bromance called the Three Amigos at the club, alongside Blake Taff and fellow Greek Lachlan Ilias, who will probably half back the side. He also played for my and my son's junior club, the Maruba Lions, which automatically makes him a top bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Mamazelis, welcome to Uzo Talk, mate. Thanks, boys. Pete. Thanks for having me. Pete, welcome, mate. Actually, I remember you when you were 15 in 2016 in the Greek Oz tag team. Yeah. I think I played with your dad. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. And I think you were on the sideline one time. We were doing a training session, and we said, oh, yeah, come and play because we needed the numbers. And we thought, ah, oh, we got this little bitsy dicky lined up. But you stepped around the whole team as a 15-year-old. I thought, fuck, <laughs> this guy's got something. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not, it's not that hard to run past my dad. Yeah. He's uh, pretty, pretty slow, but... He yeah. ran past me too, man. <laughs> yeah, no, good times. That was actually pretty good. I think we went to New Zealand that trip, wasn't it? We did, yeah. New Zealand. And you played in the, what, 20s? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was the 20s. Yeah, yeah. as a 15-year-old. And you got yeah. our players player, I think. I think so. I can't really remember. Yeah, yeah, you no, did, mate. Fun. That was good, good <laughs> fun. Yeah, you did, did. Awesome, mate. Welcome, mate. Welcome to Uzo Talk. And Thank just you. quickly, it's important to mention that Nick... 
you you actually represented Greece recently in the in the uh, the Oztag World Cup. I did, mate. Yeah, I've had probably twenty caps now for the over forties team. So wow. did all right. Went up to Coffs Harbour. We had a couple of good wins. Beat um, I think beat Cook Islands, Malta, and we had to get a result against Ireland to make the quarters, and we did. So we had an eight-all draw against Ireland, and uh, we ended up playing Australia in the quarterfinals. How did that go? Well, they haven't lost in. I don't think they've ever lost. Really? Actually. Yeah. <laughs> they've never lost. But we did well. So how many injuries did you come away with? Well, I think I'm still injured, mate. I can't run. <laughs> My knee's fucked. So, and I'm not joking. It is. So how yeah. long before you hang the boots up? Well, I wanted to play one more year. So apparently there's another World Cup in Ireland next year. So we'll see. I don't want to quit yet. But then again, our mate over here, Steve George Arliss, was in the same team. We played in the World Cup in there 2018 together. They're really good trips. Yeah. Um, was he any good, though, most important? Mate, they're all good. They're all good. Uh, especially after a few years, they're all good. Outstanding. Um, yes, um, they're really good trips. Uh, and I missed this one this year. Obviously, up in Townsville, but uh, yeah, no, um, they're a great bunch of blokes and they all love playing for their country, Greece. And um, Yeah, um, I do miss it. I yeah. have to play next year. Yeah, yeah, but they're probably things you've got to worry about, injuries yeah. at our age. But, yeah. <laughs> You don't seem to worry about them because, again, Uzo fixed everything. That's it. That's right. And Steve's not joking. A few of us, a few of them were drinking before a game and having Uzo. We won't mention any names, but <laughs> there are it's a like, few boys. It's like rugby league in the 80s. You know, you've got the light, well, 70s and 80s, Tommy Radonikus lighting up at halftime and all yep. that sort of thing. Actually, you, you were coached by Tommy, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I grew up through the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Seen a lot of changes in the game. Uh, yeah, some good, not some not so good. Oh uh, sure dear, have. yeah, good so stuff. We're going to get you down there, Tom, for the Greek Oz tag. I team. can't run anymore. Hey. I've got nothing. Oh, I don't we'll know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. A few Uzos. Yeah, a few Uzos. Yeah, it could be in my own mind. Anyway, last but not least, we also have Greek Rugby League media manager, among other things, Terry Liberopoulos, who has been involved in the Greek game pretty much since the beginning. And he comes armed with some genuinely unbelievable stories. Terry, welcome, mate. Hi, guys. Uh, great to be here. Um, I've always wanted to come on Uzo Talk, so thanks for <laughs> having me here. Well, we're looking forward to this discussion. And uh, Nick, we've named the teams. What do you reckon? Should we kick it all off? I think so, mate. Let's kick off. Recording early in the morning, so we're not drinking Uzo as we normally do. We're drinking frappe and Greek coffee and uh, piccolos and all, all that sort of thing, aren't we, Nick? We are, mate. Yeah, it is a bit early. There's reasons why we're starting early. Yep. But, uh, are you sure you're not having any Uzo, mate? What's going on there? Yeah, guilty. I've uh, put a little bit of Uzo in the, in the Greek coffee. <laughs> He's too happy for this time of the morning. I know. I I've been up since five, coffee back to back. Mate, I did see you actually. I was waiting for the boys to turn up, and you were hitting in the, the where we keep all our liquor, and you were topping up. I thought, what the fuck's he doing? It's I've only had a little bit. It's okay. Not in the morning. Okay. Have you ever had ooze on your, your no, coffee? No, I haven't. You it's outstanding. Keep on about you boys, it. it's good stuff. You should give it a try. Just a little, just a little bit. I think someone in the room has. <laughs> Come on, Steve, I know. Yeah, you, you have. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Where exactly in Greece are you boys from, Steve? Maybe we'll start with you. Yeah, so my dad's uh, from a little island called Tilos in the the Kanisa, the Dokkanese Islands. Um, main island being Rhodes in those islands, and uh, that's where one of the 
the bigger domestic teams in our rugby league competition is the Rose Knights. Yes. Um, who have I think Terry, correct me if I'm right. They think they've won every single competition in domestic comp. Yeah, they have, they have. Yeah, every single grand final. Yeah, so that's where my father's from that area, and uh, my mother's actually Dutch. Um, okay. Yeah, and my father and mother met in Sydney. My father obviously come out on the boat, uh, and they I think they docked in Melbourne, and then uh, he moved his way up to Sydney as an 18 year old kid. Left Greece just before the conscription, so yeah, he left right. to go in the army. Nice time. Which is a lot of a lot of Greeks did in those days. <laughs> yeah. Um, what after year the Second was World it? War. Do you remember what year you came out? Uh, I'm pretty sure, well, he was born in 39, so if I go back 18 years. 49, 57. Yeah, about 57, 58. Okay. I think he came out. On the Patrice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. I think my dad came on the same boat. Yep. Yeah. My yaya as well. Different yeah. years though. But. Yeah, and um, he found his way to Sydney from Melbourne uh, with his brother, and then his brother moved on to Canada. Oh, wow. And my father stayed here, and obviously... You couldn't get back once you got here. It was a one-way ticket on the boat, uh, which I think took about three months. And, you know, and he slept in the park benches in, in the city. Really? And, yeah, um, looking for work. Did bits and pieces. Worked in North Sydney, the, the factories there, the brick factories, the yeah, glass yeah, factories, sure. yeah, with a lot of other Greeks. And, Is that um, Moore Park, nearly? Sorry? At Moore Park with the glass factory? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, he um, did it tough for a long time. I can't believe that. He actually slept on park benches. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you didn't have sponsors or people that yeah. were... They were the original family members that came out that started it for everyone else that came. Mm. He and my brother, uh, and his brother, my uncle. Unbelievable. Big move for them in those days. But again, they left Greece and Greece was pretty well much in turmoil after the Second World yeah. War. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and then he worked in a few uh, restaurants as waiters and... As they all did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever jobs he could get, and then um, I think he moved out to Kingsgrove, Belmore, Canterbury area, bought a block of land, uh, built a house, and he's still there now. Uh, wow. Yeah. So going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, he loves his Uzo too. <laughs> Good man. What's Close his name? Leo. Leo, Leo. Georgialis or Elias. Elias. Lovely Leo. Lovely Leo. Yeah. Lovely yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Leo. What a champion. Yeah. What so about how old your dad now? My dad, he'd be uh, 39, he's 83, yeah. He'd be 83, 83. in uh, September. He's still smashing in the Uzos. Good on him. Yeah. yeah he's very proud of um, you know, what he's achieved, his family. and Yeah, he, um, he loves the footy. He yeah. loves going out and watching rugby league, I'm pretty sure. Pete's dad's the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who does he support, though? Is he a doggies fan? But he supports whoever I'm I'm Oh, really? With. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm at the Cowboys now, so he'll support the Cowboys. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah he'd be so proud of you, I reckon, for sure. Yeah, he loves that. I mean, he loves the fact that there's rugby league in Greece and, yeah. that, you know, we've got an international team and we're in the World Cup. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's super wrapped about all that. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And Pete, what about you, mate? Where's your family from in Greece? So my dad's side is from Kalimnos. <clears throat> okay. And um, my mum's side is from Sakintos. Oh, so, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, nice. So one on each side. Yeah. It's good. You got, you're a good yeah. mix. Yeah, pretty good mix. <laughs> Do you guys um, go back? Um, I haven't been back yet. I, I went when I was younger, about three years old, but I don't really remember it. Yeah, right. Um, when we go to Greece for the, for the Greek team, we only go to Athens. So, yep. um, yeah, it's some probably after footy because, you know, obviously the footy season goes through peak, yeah. peak Greek time. But I was going to um, say, one of the drawbacks of being a professional athlete, mm. you don't get to spend summer in Greece. Yeah. Because you're here yeah. playing footy. Yeah, exactly. So probably after my career, that's something that I'd, I 
go over and just explore a bit and just take it all Absolutely. in. Absolutely. But what about you, Terry? Where's your family from? Family's from uh, Peloponnese, from uh, Bidwos. Actually, our village just outside of Bidwos, Epitalion. Mainlanders. <laughs> well, mainlanders were true, true Greeks. You know, the true Greeks are stayed, you know. Oh, come true, on, you true to the True to the, you know, the Greek heritage, didn't mix with the Turks or anything like that. So, we, you know, we saved Greece. Mate, that's why you're sitting next to me, mate. We are mainlanders. Yeah, we are mainlanders. We're real. We're the real Greeks. That's, that's another T-shirt we should make up, you know. Exactly. We should have like a state of origin, but mainlanders versus islanders. I no, we'll just, just kill them. No, it wouldn't be fair. Would. So, yeah. you know, let them play each other first and then... Hunters versus fishermen. <laughs> I've said this in many episodes before. They sit around fish all day Well. Us, we go hunt wild boar with our bare hands. That's that right, look, you know, and it's right? the same area where the Spartans came, you know, that's, I, I don't have to, you know, say anything more. But hang on, Terry, didn't you just say that Rhodes, the island, are the major winners of the competition in Greece? Well, we are trying to get a team from Bidwars, you know, Bidwars Tigers, so, actually we can't call them Tigers anymore because we've got Parama Better Tigers way, in it? Athens, but, mm. yeah, just going back to the, um, yeah, where Bit my parents came from, they they've been here now. They came in the sixties, like everyone else, probably the same same sure. boat. Yeah. yeah, been here about fifty seven years, and both my parents still can't speak English. I still talk to them in Greek because I can't understand, which is good because you know at least you know my Greek's still there. Yeah, uh, you know every time I go back to Greece, I just like to talk to them in Greek, so I just can you know keep talking Greek. So when you show up at home, the first thing that happens, I'm guessing, is all the letters come out. And you've got to read all their mail. Yes, yes that is one. <laughs> what's, this, what's, what's this letter? Yeah. And Tithelis uh, Nafas. Yeah. You know, that's it, you know. <laughs> so that's the first two words. Um, and it's, yeah, every, I'll go every couple of days to check on them. They're, they're both 88 now. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, still at Marrickville. Yeah, and my, and my dad, look, my dad, when he, they grew up through the war, Second World War. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they just, they bombed everything, the, the Nazis. They um, actually had to, you know, the parents couldn't afford to feed them. So my dad at, you know, nine, ten years old, actually had to go out and look for work in the farms, slept mm. in the barns for two years, every night. Mm. Steve's dad did it hard as well. And my dad, and you imagine doing that now, ten years old, you're sleeping in the barn and, you know, just get fed, yeah. you know, do a hard day's work, just get fed just to live. And, you know, he always wanted to go to Australia because he said, look, there's no future here. And he came on the boat here. My mum sponsored him, and they've just been together ever since. And, yeah. um, and they've given us a great life. So I really appreciate it's, that. It's really interesting, though, that most of that generation has such bad memories of growing up over there, wars and all, all that sort of thing. And yet they are the proudest. They couldn't be more. They couldn't be any more Greek. They're just so proud of their heritage, mm. despite all of that. They left because of all the crap they copped, but still they're still very attached to the Greek culture well, and, they left and the to, motherland. To have a better life. Yeah. Give us a better life, which they did. I don't think they wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, they were just forced to, like mm. you said, to give a better life to their family. I know a lot of people that have gone back in the last 10 years, but yeah, they are very proud Greeks. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how Terry, whenever we go over, the, over there and we're in Athens, they always say that we're more Greek than the Greeks that yeah. live in Athens because obviously we still do live in a little, little bit of a bubble here. Yeah. With all our heritage and live sort of the 80s, 90s of, of Greece here. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of very proud Greeks yeah. that live in Australia. Um, they're not Australian, but love their heritage. Absolutely. And that's what we've noticed with our podcast, you know, all around the world, the Greek diaspora, they're more patriotic and Greek than the Greeks themselves. Yeah, it was, it was quite... Weird when they said that to us, hey, Terry, we just went to a Euros sh- shop in, in Athens to get a Euros and they were saying mm. that, you know, they couldn't believe, like Terry would talk to them in Greek and mm-hmm. they couldn't believe how Greek 
we were, but we were from Australia. Yeah. So mm. it, was, it was really interesting. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, boys, a general question about this World Cup campaign. I mean, we, we all grew up watching the game here in Australia, watching the Kangaroos play the Kiwis and England in test matches. Taking yourself out of it for a moment, what does it feel like for you to know, A, that Greece plays rugby league now in a domestic competition, and B, that we're in a World Cup? It's no gimmick anymore, is it? What does it, what does it feel like for you blokes? Pete will probably answer this question as a player because uh, probably when he first started, he didn't know there was a, a yeah. Greek rugby league team. So I suppose getting his uh, view on how it feels would be important. Yeah. Then I'll tell you my view. Okay, <laughs> what do you reckon, Pete? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so as I was speaking before, going back to the Oztag, the Greek Oztag, mm. I met Jim uh, Pizanis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he uh, said to my dad, why don't you bring your son down and there's a tournament coming up. What was the tournament called again? Yeah, the the Emerging Nations um, mm. tournament in 2018. Yeah. And he said, um, come down. The boys are going to be training. Come down to training. See how you go. Anyway, I remember turning He's up at Belmore. very emotional about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I remember turning up at Belmore training session. I remember seeing all the boys there and they were all, you know, grown men. And I f- sort of felt intimidated. I was only 16 at the time. Wow. And I remember Georgie was there coaching the boys and... I was just waiting there on the sideline and this old Greek fella handed me some, some gear. I put it on and I, I went out and trained and I just thought I was going to train with the boys for a bit. And Georgie said to my dad, um, do you think Pete's ready to play? And my dad, before he even asked me, he said, yeah, yeah, he's keen. So <laughs> he's throwing you to the wolves. <laughs> That's pretty cool because um, obviously a big, big South fan growing up and a fan of rugby league. And I didn't really know there was a Greek rugby league team until I, I met Jim and mm. As soon as I found out there was a Greek rugby league team, I was keen, keen to play. Yeah, and yeah, just bring back that first tournament was was pretty special. Getting to know all the boys, and we've all found a connection together now. And you know, to see how far we've come from that little tournament to now making it into the World Cup, I think is pretty special. And all the support and everyone getting behind us is. It's yeah. pretty cool. So, so you played as a sixteen-year-old. Was that your first cap for Greece? Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Wait, who did you play against? It was um, well, Hungary. Hungary. Hungary was the first game. It was all, I think you were seventeen. You was almost like seventeen, and um, Steve said to me, "Just he was supposed just to train with the team, get a bit of experience." And Steve came up to me, and goes, is, no. he al- "Is he allowed to play?" And I, and I went up to and I go up to his dad Theo, and I go, "If he gets selected, would would you allow him to play?" And he goes, "Theo just goes, yeah." Just it, that was it. <laughs> just yeah, and that's it. And I found out later from his mum that was a big argument, saying he's only a baby, he can't play. But Peter was player of the tournament against grown wow. men. Yeah, You're kidding, killed it. Unbelievable. What position? Hooker played hooker. Yeah, tough position too. Yeah, in the middle around all the big boys. So wow. So Steve, you saw something in him? Then that sixteen something. Yeah, oh, he had all kid. the he had all the skills passing from dummy half and probably the biggest thing that he had was he had a lot of courage and he wasn't afraid um, and they're probably the two things you need in rugby league not be afraid and courage I um, mean like he might talk about the fact that he was smaller than everyone else but he still come out and he still put the training gear on and he still trained and he still played mm. um, and that's there's, there's aspects that you look for in a football player um, and skill wise I knew he had the skill because he played he's been playing Oztag since how old? Um, I think it started when I was 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah, right. So it's got all the, um, to play Oztag, you needed passing skills and, you know, sure. left, right and all that sort of stuff. And you know that too, Nick. Yeah, um, definitely. 
still trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I knew the kid could play, um, yep. and I just thought to myself, wow, let's just pick him. The whole Emerging Nations tournament was about developing players, and you know, in a few years' time, we were going to be playing qualifiers, and you know, obviously, Pete would have been a little bit older then, and there was a few other players there that played from the Oz Tag team, and so I thought, well, we'll just put him in, and yeah. we, it wasn't about winning the tournament. It was about finding more Greek Australians that could play for for, for Greece, mm. and we did. We found three or four, didn't we, Terry? Yeah, um, yeah. It was very successful because we had four players come out from Greece to play in that mm-hmm. tournament as well. Yeah, oh, wow. right. yeah. Okay. We flew four players out, obviously to develop them, mm. um, to put them through all the uh, the training techniques and things that we do in Australia, and they took that back to their clubs in Greece mm. uh, in 2018. You talk about brave. I remember last year, I think you played the Cowboys and Jason Tomalolo ran straight at you. You didn't flinch. You went straight in. And I think you, did, no, you tackled him. It was a JT's massive. Oh, he's, a, he's a machine. And we're sitting here on the couch watching it. And we're I, I didn't watching tell him you. to do that, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> Test him. But yeah, mate, you didn't flinch. You came in, you hit him and you tackled him. I thought, fuck, this guy's got something. And you know, how old are you now? You're 21. Unbelievable. Big effort. I was going to say, is there some sort of pathway now for the, the Greek kids playing rugby league now? Because we've only got the international level. Is it like an under-20s and under-18s? Is this something that we're going to be looking at working on in the future? I, I think their whole purpose was to get the game going in Greece. Because uh, at the end of the day, we're just Greek Australians trying to promote a game of rugby league. Mm. And it's easy to do in this country, but to actually have it in your own country or the, the country that you're from or where, mm. where your family was born in Greece was our main goal. And just recently, they were able to get their federation in Greece. Uh, it was a long process. Yes. Um, and it would probably take another three of these yeah. podcasts to um, actually explain what happened. But well, yeah. we're going to talk about it with Terry. You can talk about it, Terry. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, so that was our main reason. And we started way back in 2002. Mm. Uh, Terry and I and uh, another guy named Colin Malonis mm-hmm. um, and then we had a period there for three years where nothing was happening and then 2012 we started up again uh, got in contact with some people in Greece and um, in the last t- 10 years it's taken us to qualify for the World Cup mm. uh, yeah so so in doing so, what we've done is got a domestic competition in Greece. Um, Terry will talk about more about the teams and the clubs that we needed to get there. You've got a women's competition. Um, all the junior grades will probably start over there, development through schools and all things like that. But here in Australia, basically for us, it's we already have that system of um, the under-18s, under-20s, SG ball, jersey flag, where mm. we, we know um, what Greek kids are coming through. So we can look at them, keep an eye on them, and then they could play, obviously, for the international teams. Because it doesn't matter how old or old you are or young you are, we'll, yep. we'll pick mm. them as we did with Pete. Probably at the end of the day, there's probably only going to be 20, 24 players from Australia that are good enough to play in internationals. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so... I, to answer your question, junior-wise and development-wise, there's not really anything that we're going to have in this country because the system's there already itself. Yeah, right. It's just about knowing who our heritage players are and who um, mm. can play for Greece. Uh, but Greece in itself, that's where that's where it's going to happen with development. And, mate, Greeks are built to play rugby league. Um, yeah, and right. Pete, Pete and Terry will tell you, when we, every time we go over there and run coaching clinics, they just love it. They love the contact. They love the wrestle. 
They love everything about the sport. Now that they've got their federation, uh, with the support from everyone here in Australia, I think it'll kick off. Mm. So tell us a bit about the makeup of this Greek side. I understand there's like a quota for how many domestic players need to be involved. What's that process look like in terms of selecting that team now? Well, we decided at Steve um, that we were going to include eight. There's, you can have as many heritage players as you want in the World Cup. Oh, right. Okay. But we decided, you know, we'll get, we include eight players from the Greek domestic comp. I think it was just important to include them part of the World Cup. They're doing such a great job in Greece. You know, we didn't want to just take 25 heritage players. We want to take players that develop them, be part of the squad, play games. And they can take that back to the, their clubs in Greece, to the training sessions and build on that. From Australia, we can probably expect the likes of, obviously, Peter to be involved. How much NRL talent do you think is actually going to be part of this team? Like you see, you just mentioned Lockie and there, Billy. There's not a lot of NRL talent, but we've got a lot of players underneath that as well, playing you know, in the State Cup, playing Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup. We've got some really good players, even they're playing bush football like Sebastian Searle, and we've got our skipper Jordan Meads playing up on the Sunshine yep. Coast. You know, they've, they've been part of the system too, and they've been part of the Greek rugby league for many years. Obviously, you haven't announced the team yet. No, no, we haven't announced the team. We've got we've got a pretty idea. We've, I think Terry, we've announced about forty players mm-hmm. um, that are in like a training squad because you know obviously we're still two months out from the World Cup and you can have injuries. So we need to name that team by middle of September. Mm-hmm. Well, so at that, at the, our World Cup dinner, we're going to announce the team. So it's uh, going to be at the Grand Rock, uh, Roxy here uh, in Brighton. Got a lot of um, ex players coming. Current players will be there. Will be announced. George Paponis, who was the first, um, you know, is Greek-born person to play professional rugby league in Australia, went on to captain uh, captain Australia in 1979. Captain the Bulldogs to the 1980. Every Greek Grand- parent loved him. Because he was the doctor, he was Greek, he yep. captained Australia, had everything. He yep. got a lot of Greeks involved in, in, in rugby league, so he'll be there to you know, announce the team. He will also have the, the players, hopefully having a video link up with the players uh, from Greece that they'll get announced as well. Uh, all the players that played, used to play rugby league uh, first grade, like Braith Nasta, John Skandalis, uh, Michael Kokitas, Arthur Katinas, Nick Kuparitsas, they'll be there on the night as well. To, um, mm. You know, We acknowledge their, their part in playing rugby league. And, uh, you know, quite a few other, you know, officials from the game will be there as well. Fantastic. Now, Pete, obviously you've played a a number of first grade games already. You helped Greece qualify for this World Cup. What are your expectations in terms of coming up against sides like Samoa and England in particular? Do you think it's going to go up a level for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, England and Samoa are both great great sides. They're going to have a lot of talent. But, you know, just to be there and, you know, experience the whole World Cup... Obviously, our first World Cup, so it's going to have a special feel to it. But, yeah, we're going to have to step up another level um, as a team. And I think all the boys will thrive from that, especially once they get to the stadium and they get the feel for the crowd and stuff like that. I think all the boys will be excited, so I'm really keen to go. Who, who are you playing first? Is it France? I think it's France, is it? Yeah. Yeah, France. Playing France first. Okay, and that's probably your best chance mm-hmm. getting a good result. We were feeling confident. Yeah. Well, every game we go to, we'll feel confident. But yeah, yeah, I think all the boys, especially our first game, they'll be up for it. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we'll be watching it here for sure, Absolutely. mate. Can't wait. So to get to the World Cup, so it was a bit of a trek, wasn't it, for you guys? You travel around the world. Yeah. So you started uh, off in was it Kiev, Ukraine? Was it? I'll, I'll let Terry go through all that process, but. Um, the, probably the most important thing that you probably need to understand is that to qualify for the World Cup, we had to go through certain divisions and we were only allowed four heritage players. 
So the majority of the team were domestic players from Greece, which wow. a lot of people don't realise. So the, I think the four players um, that were mainly involved in mm-hmm. that part of the process was Pete, Jordan Meads, uh, Terry Constantou from yeah. Melbourne, yes. and Sebastian. And Sebastian Sell, who plays out at um, Group 6, uh, Middlegong, okay. yeah. So those four players paid their own way during the middle of a football season. Um, and Terry will go through the games that they played in. Um, and I was obviously coaching the Bulldogs at the time. And they were um, talking to me and I would FaceTime them and we'd talk about footy and the games that we were playing. And, you know, they were in a little bit of panic because the coach over there at the time was... Um, from Greece and obviously didn't know how to convey messages that we were used to in Australia and Greek, etc., etc. Mm. But the biggest thing was that there was four players that were heritage and, yeah, and there was 13 that were domestic. Um, and so if you really think about that, I, I'm not too sure, Terry, but does that happen in most uh, teams that try and qualify that have never been in the World Cup before? Well, definitely in the European section. I know the Asia-Pacific, they don't. And, they, you know, that's another talking point. Uh, to, that's why a lot of the development is happening in Europe because they do have that, uh, that quota where, you know, a lot of domestic players have to play. So and, there's a quota in the qualifiers but not in the actual World Cup. Yes. No, that's correct, yeah. And that's what led us to the decision of what's the use of having all these players help you qualify for a World Cup if you're just going to pick 17 or 24 heritage players. Yeah, right. You're not really actually um, developing the game in the country where you want it to prosper. And you're not actually um, crediting those players that played it um, that helped get Greece to the World Cup. You're not even crediting them with a, with a game. Yeah. So we just come up with the, you know, definitely going to put eight domestic players in the, in that um, team, and that which means obviously one or two are going to be playing every week. Uh, for those three qualifying games. On the uh, flip side of that, though, those uh, domestic players, you know, having that experience is going to be really good for them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And believe it or not, uh, I think Bastas was the first one. Stefanos Bastas, domestic player, was yep. the first player to play in a professional uh, competition in England, Division 2. Wow. Uh, if Terry will correct me if I'm wrong there. Yeah, with Don, he played with Doncaster too, so he did very well. And then went over to France to play... Um, in the professional competition as well. Those avenues start to open up for um, those Greek domestic players where, you know, they're playing with the, the Australian heritage players and learning the game and then obviously going to ply their trade in professional competitions, you know, earn some money, take it back to Greece. So he was the first one. He was the pioneer. Um, and Bastos is still involved and, he, you know, be obviously one of the domestic players that's picked for our team. But there's a, another two or three that have gone on and done the same thing. So with those eight domestic players playing in the World Cup, all of a sudden, the whole world is seeing those eight domestic players playing. They, get, they can promote that. Um, there's an opportunity for those players to go back to, to Greece to promote their teams, their games. Those players then can see another avenue to be on the World Cup stage. So, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that we're actually at the World Cup, but follow on from it, um, it's going to be massive for the game in Greece. And now that... They've got their federation, um, and everything's in place for that to for, for that to progress. So it's for us about the quota and about having those eight domestic players is really important. And the the, the sixteen heritage players that get picked um, understand that, mm. and I'm pretty sure Pete he believes in the same that 
every time we go to Greece and we run coaching clinics and we see these players and they're developing and they're young kids that want to play the game, actually makes us proud um, that we've mm. actually done what we've done. Well, how pleased are you with the quality of, of the, the football over there at the moment? They're obviously probably, what, what do you reckon, Jim Beam, what's that, probably third division level as in just under New South Wales Cup? Um, Man, that's high. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, physically, the two aspects of the game, they're not afraid. Mm. They'll run hard mm. and they don't mind putting their body on the line for a tackle. They've just got to learn the skill part of the game, mm. uh, you know, the skills of passing, and yeah. the structures and things like that. But it doesn't take them long to pick it up. Um, mm. And again, you can't coach toughness. Ones and they're the, tough. Yeah, they're very tough. And they're big bastards too. Yeah. Really? I mean, they're not small. Some of the some of the boys over in Greece are big boys. And, and you'll probably see that in the World Cup um, with yep. a few of the players that, that well, play Bustos in the team. looks massive. Sorry? Bustos looks yeah, huge. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. What is he, 6'2"? How big is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know if he's 6'2", but um, he's yeah, he's uh, and thick. passionate, mate. He'd run through a brick wall. And it's quite interesting to see when they're singing their national anthem and um, how proud they are to play for their country, how switched on and focused they are mm. and how proud they are to play for their country. So that's another reason why having eight domestic players uh, representing Greece is really important to us. Every World Cup they talk about the sides that are the minnows. It doesn't sound like this is going to be the same kind of World Cup or, or that Greece is going to be regarded as a minnow given the, the level of quality we're talking about here. I think we're a minnow in, in the stage of inexperience uh, on that stage, but I suppose there's 16 teams in the World Cup, so we're ranked in the top 16 teams of, yeah. mm. of the world. So I think I, I think we're actually ranked 10th, according to the Rugby League World Cup. 11th now. 11th. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's unbelievable yeah. in itself. You know? <laughs> but everyone knows, um, Pete will say, and Terry will say, there's probably six teams that are so far superior. Um, yeah, right. And then... The other ten. Sometimes it depends on what side of the draw you get and sure. what team you play and what time. Yeah, and what there's forty eight countries now that play rugby league. Yeah, it's probably a bit, bit more. I think they're the ones. The ones that are ranked are the ones you know they're official. But there's there's probably another ten that are still playing a bit of footy as well. So it's growing. You know, we only had mm. five back in the mid eighties. Only five nations playing. So it really has grown. So do you think we're going to have any Greek domestic players come to the NRL do you, in the future? Well, that'd be interesting. Um, Good question. When we brought those four players out um, mm-hmm. from Greece and uh, they played in the competition, there was you know, a few people asked about, you know, and I, okay. I, I, I don't know if they'd get to the NRL level. I mean, Pete and I, when we were playing, we, we were playing rugby league from a, young, from a young age, so we had all that development. Yeah. I mean, they don't have that development. We're getting kids at 16, 17, trying to teach them a whole new sport, and they, you know, there's pretty good acceleration of development yeah um and they have those aspects that we we're talking about before about being tough and mm. you, know, you know not afraid and willing to play and get get stuck in there but all that skill development yeah from a young age yeah. that they miss out on that's probably what's going to put them back so mm. and it's important to note that kids here are starting at four years old yeah you know my son's four years old and started with maruba this year the level of quality that he was up against this year was unbelievable there yeah. were some kids there that were just like really Already, so if you, okay. if you want Tom, to talk about that, you're you got to send him videos. Mate, his son is fucking good. Really, <laughs> you should see the way he tackles. Has he? Um, oh, so cover got defense. Heritage, yeah. <laughs> mate. He's very the good. cover defense. You know, every, every all the parents are looking at me, going, "What are you feeding him?" Yeah, like so he didn't the, get that from me, mate. <laughs> and I suppose that's what you're going to see in Greece with the development yep. that will start. You're probably yep. looking about twelve years down the track. If they, you know, if we get down to that sort of young age, that primary school age um, yep. of kids playing, but yeah, it's it's 
I mean, might not see it in my lifetime, but mm. probably the next one. Yeah, you might see one or two popping in the NRL. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably they'll probably go to England. It's, you know, better. It's, it's closer to them because mm-hmm. they freak out yeah, when sure. they think it's twenty four hours to to Australia. That's true. They actually, they just don't. They can't comprehend that. You know, yeah. how, how, how do you do it, guys? And yeah. I said, well, we're just used to it. That's life, you know. But I think England, it's closer to home for them. They can always jump on a plane and go back home. Yeah, and it's not a bad bad standard of competition there as well. Well, Pete, the only bloke in front of you at South holding you out of a permanent gig at starting hooker is Damien Cook, and he's going to be the Australian hooker. How good is it to have someone like that in front of you? Are you getting a lot of lessons off Cookie? Is he helping you out with your game? Yeah, me and Cookie have a good relationship. Obviously, at training, we're very competitive, both of us, so um, we're always trying to get the better of each other. But, you know, that's a healthy and it's a good relationship to have, Um, especially when, like this year, I played New South Wales Cup, so... Most of our games were before first grade. So as he's arrived to the stadium, he'd come out and he'd watch me play. And then at training, he'd say what I did good and what I can work on. And wow. Yeah, so he's, he's been really good like that. And we're also good mates too. So, you know, if I have a problem, I'll go to him and I'll speak to him about it. And he'll give me advice because he's been there before. And yeah, we've, we've got a really good relationship. So yeah, obviously the Australian hooker and he's obviously the best to learn off. So I'm in a pretty fortunate position. Can I ask you, so you're professional athlete now it's what you do yeah. full time so what's a what's a week look like for you do you train three days a week two days mm. a week five days a week yeah um it depends on what day the actual game is so if we okay, play on a saturday point. yeah um we'll train monday wednesday have our captains run on friday and then obviously mm-hmm. play on on the saturday so um yeah it just depends what day okay day and what does training is. consist of is it like a two-hour session is it really hard is it ball skills um so we'll arrive around seven thirty in the morning stretch for about 40 minutes and then 40 minutes stretching yeah, yeah. okay just wow go, yeah and then um we'll have our team meetings and stuff like that and mm-hmm. obviously go on to the field about an hour and a half out there on the field have a little break and then we have our gym session and then yeah, we're done yeah. for the day after that. Wow. Yeah. What about pre-season? Tell us about pre-season because we hear a lot about pre-season training. So what yeah. did South do this year? Yeah, pre-season's tough. Um, Don't give anything away. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just mainly fitness and just ball skills, working on that. Um, do you do like boot camp? Do you run through book, the jungle uh, and stuff like that? This year, <laughs> Carry logs on your shoulders? Yeah, and... yeah. so this year we had a, a boot camp at Latrell's Farm. Latrell Mitchell. Oh, mm. yeah, in Tari. In Tari, yeah. Yep. Um, the thing was, we, we got there, mm-hmm. and they sent all the older boys, so it was Campbell Graham, Damien Cook, Cameron Murray, all the leaders of the team, mm-hmm. and they sent them out into into the woods, and they cut down trees, logs, <laughs> and they had to carry it all the way back to our camping site. Wow. So they were gone for about two hours, and they had to carry these logs all the way back to our camping site. And yeah. So they got an axe. Yeah. So you'd go out, yeah. chop a tree yeah. and bring it back. Yeah. And we we're fortunate because we we're going to do it. But one of the boys got COVID. I think Tom Burgess got COVID. So we had to cancel our trip and wow. we had to come home early. So. He was about to get on the team bus too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He came into training that morning and then he said he wasn't feeling well. And they said, oh, I'll just go home. Um, but yeah, they found out that he had COVID, so we're pretty fortunate we di- we didn't have to break our, our backs. But <laughs> oh, wow, so that was one of the drills. So and yeah. then you camped, and what every morning did you have drills? Was oh, like eight hours of running. Well, the thing was, once we got there, we had to come back home. Yeah, okay. So, so we didn't we but, didn't do any training. Oh, so the guys that chopped the trees down. That were the only only one that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. so we are pretty fortunate. While they were doing that, we were playing cards at the camping site. So <laughs> we, we got away with a bit of hard work there. Wow. So Trell only got a few logs worth of firewood for this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good 
Great stuff. Yeah, classy. As we said earlier, Greece is coming up against some pretty awesome opposition, particularly in England and Samoa. Safe to say that you're going in as underdogs from a, from a media perspective. Is that something that you see as an advantage, Steve? Always. Knowing that um, you're playing against the quality opposition um, and that you have to play well uh, to challenge them always helps. I mean, I think when you're a favourite, there's always that complacency, but when you're underdogs, there's always mm. that fight. And um, I think the, the Greek team's built on fight. Um, to get to where we are today has been built on fight. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll fight for everything. Mm. Uh, we know we are underdogs, but, um, you know, we'll, most of the players there will, will try their best and, and do their best for their families and for, obviously for the, for the country of Greece. Well, what does it mean for you guys to actually be doing this now? What's driving you? Is it the thought of, I mean, Lachlan Ilias was on NRL.com the other week saying, I'm doing this for Papu for example. What is it that's driving you guys to, to do it? Oh, I think it's quite similar. Everyone's doing it. I'm obviously doing it for my dad. Um, mm. As we discussed before, came to this country with nothing and he's given us, our children, everything. You know, he watches the games. Actually, get quite emotional talking about it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm doing it for my dad. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I'd say my family, especially my dad. He was obviously the one that taught me how to play footy, so um, to represent our heritage at you know, the biggest stage is pretty special. But another thing, as George was saying before, um, someone that's really big for me is the boys back home. Just to see every time we go over how keen they are to learn and to always improve, I think. And then especially when you're singing the national anthem and you look to to the side and you see them crying and that, you don't want to let them down, mm. you know, come game time. So um, that's also another big thing that I'm, I'm really keen to you know, to get over there and just play for them boys because, you know, this is probably the biggest stage of their lives, you know, playing at this World Cup. So, yeah, obviously going over there and not letting them down, that's mm. another drive for me, so. Yeah. Like even just, yeah, that World War Two episode that we recorded, hearing yeah. what Greeks sacrificed and did, I guess that's what's coming out, what the boys are saying. You know, the Greeks sacrificed their lives and for us to have our freedom, you know, and, and now what Steve's saying putting that jersey on and doing it for your dad, that's what we're playing for, you know, for our ancestors and yeah. what they did all those years, you know. It is it is quite emotional, actually, what you're saying. There's going to be a lot of Greek Australians here in particular, well, and in the UK and wherever Greeks are around the world, watching this team and they're going to be right behind you. I mean, for us, it's going to be surreal watching Greece come out in a, mm. you know, in a rugby league World Cup. Mm. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. So, boys, absolute best of luck. We're all behind you. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate the time on Uzo Talk, Tom and Nick. Um, yeah, it's actually good to chat about it. I, I suppose it's become real again. Hey, Pete, Terry, um, mm. you get caught up in life and COVID and obviously the World Cup was supposed to be on last year. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of forget about it. And then um, us sitting here talking about it and chatting about it, I went, oh, God, that's mm. on in five, six weeks. And all those emotions start coming out and mm. I actually quite looking forward to them running out yeah. for that first game and also probably getting to Greece for those four or five days where we pick up the domestic players and we haven't seen them for two years and um, mm. connect with the friendships that we've got there in, yeah. in Greece. So Just thanks for the chat. Um, I yeah. actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah no, good. I was going to say, has the, has the year of COVID helped you guys out, that extra year? I think it has, eh, Pete, because um, Lucky Elias and Pete have had another year of football underneath them and have tasted first grade and mm. all that experience so they're going to be better for that game um a year older 
Yes, yeah, so actually, probably has helped us out. Um, Billy Sakrikas uh, at the Bulldogs first first round game. Um, you know, Billy Magulis has played another year in England. Yeah, um, which is probably going to help him out as well. For some of the older players, maybe not because they'll be a year <laughs> older. This could be their last tournament. Yeah. Um, but for the younger players, yeah, it's it's really helped. Uh, like I said before, it's been great chatting. Yeah, Rizzo talk uh-huh. and, um, beautiful. But yeah, look, thanks boys for coming in. It's been great. We're actually going to see you at the function anyway. Me and Tom are going to head up there at the. We'll be there for the team announcement. The team announcement. So, but yeah, look, great having you guys here. I'm sure, and good luck, Pete, for. Your career, mate. I'm sure this is just the beginning for you, mate. And we're gonna probably going to get you on again, aren't we, Tom? Absolutely. Have to. Absolutely, mate. Classic. I won't be this year. And, and Steve, mate, we'll be playing in <laughs> Ireland together, all right, next year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Actually, we might be. What What month would that be? Uh, August. Uh, oh, God, it's the end of the footy <laughs> <It's not> season. <laughs> I'm going to miss out again. Yeah, we'll see. Can you not change it till about November? It's Bill Harrigan, actually. You've got to talk to him. And we'll get Con on to Bill. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> how they get on well. Good stuff, boys. Well, thank you, boys, for coming in. Uh, good luck this afternoon. And yeah, we're going to catch Thanks, up soon, I'm sure. So, Nick, our first professional athletes in here. What'd you think of that, mate? Mate, brilliant. How good was that? Yeah. Hey? And how good's Pete? Very mature. You know, he's going to be a superstar one day. Absolutely. I think we're so lucky to have him on so early. I'm sure he's going to be. Uh, he's going to be in a, in a permanent first grade position very, very soon, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for him to, to be wearing that red and green every week. <laughs> the more Greeks we have playing rugby league for the Rabbitohs, the better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, there's a few coming up anyway, a few coming through the ranks. There are, and mate, we'll, we're going to be seeing them in the, that blue and white jersey coming up. It's going to be good, mate. Terry, you've been involved in the Greek rugby league in some capacity virtually since its inception. How do you describe the journey that this young competition has had up until this point? Hey, look, it's been a... Incredible ride. It's you know a lot of ups and downs, but you know we never gave up. You know I never gave up. I was always you know I wanted the game to be played in Greece. That was the the drive. And we, you know, 2002 when we started this, um, the the goal was always to go to Greece. You know, it wasn't to keep playing in Australia. You know, I mean, some nations continue to do that. We haven't played in Australia besides the emerging nations in 2018 since 2009 because. You're right. You know, if, everything's now done in Greece and overseas. So that was our aim. And within three years, we were playing our first ever game in Athens, you know, in Greece. You know, who, who would have believed they were playing rugby league in Athens? And we had half that team were domestic guys. We, I mean, they were rugby union guys and we just rounded them up and we played Serbia. It was just, just incredible. And um, it, it all started, for, I love international rugby league. You know, I've always loved it from a, a young kid. You know, we're growing up, even I grew up next to Henson Park, and I remember watching Great Britain come out here in 79, and then, you know, New Zealand played Australia next year, and then France came out in 81. I go, what the hell, France? And then Australia went on the Kangaroo Tour, played P&G. I just loved international rugby league. Mm. And, you know, in my work as a journalist, I covered a lot of international rugby league. Then I started, you know, finding news about all these countries. Cook Island started playing, and then there was a competition in America. You know, I just kept writing about it, and then the World Sevens came around in 92. And I thought, how good is this? You know, we had these teams from, you know, Fiji playing, from Samoa and all that. And then... It's when Italy came in in 95 is when I thought Greece could maybe have a chance, yeah. you know. And and I thought, can they? And you go to Greece and you look at the people and you go, ah, nah, they're in the cafes. How are we going to, how the hell are we going to get them to play rugby league? I would say that. I go, I'd love to, but you go to them and you go, eh. You know, they go, rugby league, they go, eh. 
Το πεπόνι. You know, and they got a lot of the heritage players. You know, that's the, that could be the way they go. Then Lebanon followed. Maybe Greece can do it. So mm. that, that, that's that's how you all started from. So where were you, and who were you with when you first? Uh, when did the concept come through where it got some traction? And who was with you on the journey? It, it started with um, it was Colin Malonis. He was mm-hmm. um, from the, from day one. What happened is in two thousand and two. Um, and I first met him, um, he was going as a trainer to New Caledonia. New Caledonia were playing rugby league for the first time. They switched over from Union. Mm-hmm. And the New South Wales student team, the rugby league student team, was going over mm-hmm. to, so they could play against New Caledonia the first game. Mm-hmm. And it was on that plane. I was sitting next to Colin. Didn't know who he was. You know, just I went there to cover it because I, um, I just started my magazine, Rugby League Review. Yes. And, mm-hmm. um, and I thought, oh, I'll go to New Caledonia. Do a story on New Caledonia. Great. Yeah. And sitting on the plane next to was Colin, and he's like, you know, I said, I'm Greek, and blah, blah, blah. I just started, he said, when we went to New Caledonia, it was very easy to set up rugby league there on your new country. We went to the training sessions and that, and he was thinking, you know, why can't we set up something in, you know, for the Greek rugby league? And I said, mate, good idea. You know, oh, mate, I'm, I'm 100% behind it. I'll promote it. And, you know, we've got to start in Australia. We've we got no contacts in Greece. That's the reason they start, a lot of things get started in Australia, because we've already got players here with Greek heritage. We've got a rugby league, you know, in a background. We can do that. So we thought, well, why don't we, you know, get round up with the Greek guys and just say, um, you know, let's get a team together. So I put an ad in the in the magazine, and within the next day, the f- phone just went crazy. People go wanting, yeah, I wow. want to play. I want to play. And I thought, oh, we've got a chance here. You know, we've already got about twenty phone calls. We decided to have a trial game at Norford Park in, in you know, Sefton in Sydney, and we mm-hmm. we didn't. We just said to the players, just turn up, bring your boots, turn up. We didn't know if it's going to be five people, ten people. Look, I had an idea we'd get about 20, but mm-hmm. just, let's just hope we get enough to turn up. You know, we had one guy ride his bike all the way from Rosebury to Sefton on bike oh, wow. with his boots hanging at the back. Who was it? You know? Um, well, it's funny because we, we nicknamed him Kramer from <laughs> Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> and because he, he was very skinny, and we, mm. were worried he, he was, we were worried that he's going to break his, you know, break in half. You know, yeah. if he gets tackled, so you know we, we bandaged him up. He went when he went to make a tackle. He missed the guy and he scraped his head. Yeah. So we had to bandage his head up. So his hair went up, <laughs> like Kramer in Seinfeld. So <laughs> he was known as Kramer from that. And he was the guy that rode his bike. Yeah. So right. we, we just gave everyone a go. Just play. We played. New Caledonia came over. It was a try series. Mm-hmm. We played, a tw- you know, twenty minute halves against. Um, New Caledonia and the New South Wales students. Mm-hmm. So the actual first game was against New Caledonia, mm-hmm. but our first official game was against Italy. Uh, and Italy, that was at Cogra. And we, yep. we were supposed to have, you know, Willie Peters, John Scandalas, yep. Justin Chulos. So we were ready to play those guys. And because I had contacts with the Big League magazine and the editor and that, they put the team list in the Big League. Mm. And Italy had about four or five NRL guys. And we had, you know, you know, quite a few as well. So we, you know, with John Scandalis in there, they had yep. Anthony Minicello, all these guys. But once we got in the big league, the teams, the NRL clubs went, "What the hell is this?" Mm. They went crazy. They said, "Oh no, 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 you can't play, you can't play." So a lot of their guys didn't play that day. Anyway, we still managed to get four thousand people to Kogara. First right. game, it was, it was actually televised by Channel Thirty One. 
Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, we had her on the radio. It was great. So it was, it was a huge. good start. I was there. Great atmosphere. I and saw was, the game. And it was, uh, yeah, we should have won that. I mean, it was a full, you know, the, the referee, two. Dougie Keane, I don't want to mention his name, you know, he <laughs> called a forward pass and then they packed the scrum and scored with a minute to go. Yeah. Wow. So Steve Georgialis played? Yeah, he was, yeah he was captain coach. He was yeah, captain right. coach that, that day and it was uh, a great you know, great day. And then we thought, hang yeah. on, this is great. This, this is, you know, we, we've got potential here. We've got good support. But we always thought in the back of mind, I always kept saying, we've got to go to Greece. You yeah. know, there's no point hanging around here. It's great to start and get support here. But, you know, why, why are we doing this? We're yeah. doing this to, you know, to get the game played in Greece. And in 2006, we did go. You know, we went there and played, played Serbia in the first game, um, first ever rugby league game. Wow. wow. So how did the competition over there get started? How do you go from having these matches here with Heritage players to going over there, competition starting, and now you've got this other pool of talent? Well, there was a few times we went back. We went back to, you know, back again to Rhodes to play. So there was a few people that, were, you know, that they knew about the rugby league. And there was also people from rugby union. Like we did have drums with the union people saying, look, well, there's only one rugby here. We yeah. own rugby union, we own rugby league, all this rubbish. So people knew about rugby league. We went into a, a bit of a break from 2009. You know, we had a bit of a, th- you know, three-year break. So a bit of infighting, in, you know, between us and we just let it go because there wasn't much happening. But 2012 is when things started again because there's a Dane Campbell who played for Newcastle Knights. He contacted me and said, look, you know, I'm helping our Vanuatu rugby league. He goes, I'm in a bit of a, you know, a bit, bit of drama here because we're supposed to play Fiji. And Fiji pulled out and he contacted a few other nations and he was getting desperate because he already had sponsorship from the Vanuatu government and other sponsors. The game had to be played. He said, mate, can you help me out? You know, would you be able to put you know, a team together for the, the Greeks to come over? And I thought, look, let me ring around a few of the ex-players and see what the interest is. You know, within, within about a couple of hours, I've already got 10, 12 players yeah, keen, right. keen to go. Wow. Dane just said, look, just get over here, just pay for the flights. And the land costs will be covered, you know, the hotel, food. So it wasn't that much. It was just, just had to pay for the airfare. So we got a team together. And that's how we all restarted again, you know. We went back to, we went to Vanuatu. At the same time, George Dalianos, and there was another guy called yep. Tassos. Well, George Dalianos was, he's a, he's a guy born in Greece, uh, born in Brisbane, sorry. He's a good man. Good bloke. He went to live in, uh, in Greece permanently. And he told me, he said, look, he was just sitting there at his work, a bit bored, and he just did a, a Facebook page called Athens Rugby League. Yep. And just said, anyone interested, you know, in coming to training? He didn't have anyone. And actually, he said, I think the first one, he only had one or two guys turn up. But it was just from there, the other guy called Tassels, who would give us troubles a bit later on, contacted him. Well, he was involved with the union before. He said he wanted to get involved with the league, and that's how he started in Greece. So we, at the same time, we're going to Vanuatu. These guys you know, started getting a few players together, training, word of mouth, and they started having a nines, nines tournament. So they, you know, they got a few, three teams together and started playing nines. And at the same time, we're playing Vanuatu. We said, look, guys, perfect timing. You know, we want to help work together. And that's how the, you know, sort of the, par- the, the partnership started. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay, so and then from there you had Delianor registered what a couple of teams? What was the first team that was registered? 
Well, the the old teams were. I'm just going by memory here. But you know, Acokinias, they had Prometheus, um, those kind of names. Okay. And then in, in 2013, well, we said we're going to come over. You know, we're going to come to Greece. We have some training sessions, mm-hmm. and in order for us to start going into these World Cup qualifiers, mm-hmm. we have to we had to have a ranking. We didn't have a ranking, um, so we had to go and play a game to get a ranking point. So they then they can put us into a group. So I just kept ringing, uh, you know, I, I kept ringing and emailing these nations in Europe. Yep. The funny thing is, I wanted to go to a country I haven't been before, you know, and I, I wanted a lot, I wanted to go to Prague. So I yep. got in touch with the Czech Republic, and are you interested in playing Greece? You know, we'll, mate, we'll pay for the costs, pay for our hotel, everything. So all you have to do is just provide, a, you know, a training ground for us. You know, Czech Republic said, nah, nah, you know, we're going to get belted. You know, I went to Germany, um, spoke to the late Simon Cooper. He's passed, he's passed away now. And he said, nah, we're going to get belted. I said, it's not about getting belted. It's We're going to have half from Australia, half from the Greeks. We just we just want to play a game. And it is a ranking game. Try to get to the Netherlands. So in the end, he was hungry. You know, we, I, I spoke to the yep. Hungarians and I said, look, you know, we'll pay to come there. And they were keen to have a game. They said, yes. Yeah, we're keen. So we, we went to Budapest. We went to Greece first. And because of the time factor, they already picked eight players. The, the players were already picked. You yep. know, they had all these players, you know, some of them late 30s and that. Like, and, the, and we were actually, the first 13 aside game tournament was Rhodes Knights. That was the first game they played in Athens. And they kicked off. Busters got the ball. Busters, Stephanos Busters got the ball, ran straight through them. Like a. Wow. Rugby league player, yeah. and Steve was next to me. He just looked at me. And goes, is he is he in the team? I go, um, no, because <laughs> so I, I want him in the team. But it was already selected, and we'd already had the tickets done, things like that. So, but he goes, he's the first. He told him, he goes, you'll be picked next game. You're the first person picked. Yep. So, so we saw that there was two games that day. So we saw potential in players already from day, from day one. Yeah, well, we went to Hungary, and that was Braith and Nasta came with us, mm-hmm. and he was still playing for West Tigers. Yep. So he came with us and played. His only game he played for Greece. Yeah, he got very emotional. You know, we played Hungary. We had half the guys. Look, we had Braith and Nesta. And Cruz, he captained the side, didn't he? He captained the side, yeah. I, I think I remember seeing his pre-game talk on Facebook. Talked about his papu. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did. He did get emotional. And look, we ended up getting home 90 nil. Mm. <laughs> And Braith scored 46 points. You know, I did tell him, mate, <laughs> mate, couldn't even score 50, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But the funny thing was, one of the guys from Hungary tried to line him up, like a, a tackle. Yeah. Know, tried to get him hard. And Braith just laughed at him. And he said, he just got up, laughed at him. Next time this guy got the ball, Braith lined him up. And the, the guy was carried off. And really? Didn't, didn't play. <laughs> he hit him with such a, a legit tackle. Yeah. The guy was like, yeah, I go, this, he's gone, but... Yeah, they carried him off, and um, yeah, we had the eight guys. They agreed guys played, and ended up winning nineteen. It wasn't about the score; it's just for us to get that ranking, mm. and that way we can go into the uh, World Cup qualifiers, which we did in twenty fourteen, which we won. We started from Group C, so that was the bottom group. Mm-hmm. Started with Group C, uh, Malta and Czech Republic was, yep. uh, and like Steve said, we were only allowed four heritage players, so we still had to come up with thirteen domestic guys. So in 2018, is that when your the official campaign started? You, you played Ukraine, from what I read. Yeah, for, for this this coming World Cup, Cup, yeah, we played um, Ukraine was the first one, so we had to go to Kharkiv and, and play. Yeah. We because it was in September. Mm-hmm. Steve was with Bulldogs. He couldn't yeah. take. He couldn't come. And our assistant coach, Jim Pizanis, he couldn't come too because he was with Newtown. Yeah. So we really didn't have a coach. So we, 
there was going to be like Jordan Meads, our captain's came, was sort of yeah, going to be right. captain coach. Mm. Um, we did have the Greek um, guy, but he wasn't used to, you know, that level. And you didn't think about taking the whistle, mate? No, well, well, what happened? Well, it's funny you say that because Sarge, which is Mark Andrews, was is our trainer. He came yep. with a head trainer, and um, I'll be watching the game from the sideline. And basically, I will turn to Mihaly and say, "Mate, this guy's got to come off." So me and Sarge were doing, you know, doing the coaching on the sideline, and he'll say, "This guy's tired, Terry," and I'll turn around, Mihaly, replace yep. him, you know, and that's it. That's how we worked. Yeah, mm. but it's very hard without a coach. Yeah, you know, it, it's. I, I realised, you know, forget about captain coach because Jordan's, you know, trying to play in the field. Yeah. but we just couldn't get anyone. But we thought we could get away with it. Mm. We almost didn't because Ukraine already played Malta in the first game. Ukraine won. Ukraine wins this game. Greece is out. Yep. And we ended up winning 28-26. Ukraine wasn't a bad team. They already played in the European B Championships, you know, against stronger right. teams. And they had a pretty good domestic, you know, players because eight of them spent two months in England playing for one of the, um, you know, the local local teams. <clears throat> so they were, they were prepared. They were a very good team. And I remember they came back. They were coming back with 11 minutes to go. And, it was, and I remember all the Greek guys, when they scored next to the post, it was 28-20. They scored behind next to the post with 11 minutes to go. And you could tell, you know, oh, shit, this isn't good. Like, we're struggling here. And all the, go- the players were on the floor. They yep. were on the ground, all about 10 of them. Sarge turns around to me and goes, what do I say? Okay, just tell them off as much as you can. Just tell them off. He went there, and Meadsy got up too as well. Got to give it to him. He told them off so much. He goes, are you Greek? We're supposed to be Greek. Get up now. Have some pride in the jersey. He really... I've never seen anyone give a spray like that, both yeah. of them. And the Greek guys just looked up and go, what the hell? You know, yeah. like they're being told off. But they got up, and that, that last 10 minutes was the longest 10 minutes of my, of my life. I don't know how we hung on. Um, Ukraine, sh- mate, if they smart enough passed the ball, they just they dropped the ball. There was just some stupid things they did in the end, and yeah. we hung on. Wow. And so that, that was it. that would have been the end of our World Cup. And we just hung in there for 28-26. Then we had to go and play Malta. So um, just, just on that, yeah. so that spray, that speech that Andrews gave was the only reason why we're here today talking about Greece in the World Cup. Yes. If that didn't happen, Greece would have been gone. Yeah. They woke up. Yeah, and the thing is, we the four heritage guys, Sebastian got knocked out mm. and with about 20 minutes to go. Yep. So he had to come off. So we like, Terry, Terry Constantinou got a shoulder injury but kept playing. Jordan Meads got a knock a bit of a knock, but he kept going. And then we had Robert Tulatu, who's our Greek Samoan. Yep. He got knocked out a bit. And um, you know, he was knocked out. And I remember Sarge holding him up and he's looking at me and I and I just I was right next to him on the sideline and and I just went no, meaning don't come off. And then he yep. turned around to the ref and said, Oh his neck, you know, he's all right. Yeah. Robert can't remember the last ten minutes. But it, it took it took the hit up Every ball, he took it up. He tackled mm. anything that moved, just on the emotion. And, mate, lucky we had him in there for that last 10 minutes. And like I said, that 10 minutes was like an hour. I just, yeah. mm. um, wow. my heart rate must have went. I've never, probably never seen it so high. Um, but, I mean, it speaks volumes about the quality and the commitment of the local Greek players to be able to get to that stage and to sort of carry the victory towards the end of it, doesn't it? I just, I was so proud of them, you know, and then, you know, when they got up after the spray and they just, they hung in there and they kept going and when the game finished, they all collapsed and there's a famous photo which I took of Busters lying on the floor with his hands out, which, you know, they used everywhere. Yeah. He was just physically, you know, that tired, but he was so happy, you know, Mm. just like, we've done it 
and then we can move to the next stage. We still had to be Malta. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's another story too there. You know, like, you know, we have to, you know, play that game in Athens in secret. Yeah. Well, now that you mentioned that, it's really important for us to mention that the conditions under which Greece qualified for this World Cup and the conditions under which the Greek rugby league has been operating over the last few years has been, I mean, to call it a farce or to call it unbelievable is, is not doing it justice. You guys have been playing games in secret in Greece, booking dummy grounds to put the police off. Can you try to sort of explain why it got to that stage? Because I don't think there's ever been a, a situation in professional sport where that's happened before. Look, it can only happen in Greece. Now, yeah. now a bit of a background so people can understand. In order to be a federation in a you know, sport in Greece, you have to have 20 registered clubs. And if when you're a new sport, 20 clubs, it's hard trying to get 20 clubs. So there, there is a Greek law that you can put, say, for example, rugby league under another federation, like rugby unions under handball federation. So you can't put it under another one. But in order to do that, the governing body, which is the International Rugby League and the European Rugby League, have to sign off on it. Now, we did have, we went back to the guy Tassos who was there, and he was the president. Now, what happened is in 2015, the clubs broke away. They weren't happy with, you know, what, you, what was happening. Look, I really don't want to go into details of what was going on, uh, but you probably can work it out. So the clubs broke away. They gave a, a vote of no confidence. You know, there was threat, threats of suing everyone if you, if you play. You know, four, four of the five clubs broke away. One of them, well, they hung in there with him. So we got another team in, fought, and we kept playing for a couple of years. Yeah, the European Federation knew what was happening. They wanted all the paperwork because he was still the official body. Sure. But they, ex- they expelled, they, they suspended him first because he, he didn't meet all the criteria. So know? this is the Rugby League International Federation that suspended Yeah, or the European Rugby League. Right. So, so what happened is he was part of Syriza, the political party that got in. Okay. He was a founding member. He had a job with the sports ministry, so he had connections. You know, before they got expelled, he got in charge of the modern pentathlon. And he put rugby league under modern pentathlon. How did he do that? Well, what he did is because the European Rugby League, International Rugby League, would never approve it, he created his own federation. This can only happen in Greece. He just went there. His own super league. Yeah, he created his own one called World Rugby League. And, you know, he got his teams there, so he called it Greece. He went to the Italian Rebels. There was a, a, a faction there that was, you know, and got in touch with them. He got through to some guy you know, for Pakistan Rugby League or something, and he called the World Rugby League, and he was the president of it. So when he did the paperwork, he signed off at it, you know, as a, from the World Rugby League Federation approves it. So under Greek law, technically, he's done the right thing. You know, he's, he hasn't done anything wrong. He goes, he gets approved to go to mod, mod, under modern pentathlon. So Greek Rugby League, technically, legally, is under modern pentathlon. And, you know, it's like a comedy show. It is. So what happens is, you know, he gets in charge of modern pentathlon. We can't do anything because what happens is when we try and play games, mind you, he did get expelled after that. But if we try and play games in Greece, because we're not the official body, police turn up, they want to see the paperwork, which we haven't got, then they'll say, you can't play. Got to get off, go to the station, file a report. It was a nuisance. That's that's a problem. Then the game gets stopped. Then they'll you know we'll try and play it another day. The problem with internationals, you can't play it another day. You know, Malta turns yeah. up. If if the police turn up, the game's off. We lose. So technically, we can't get we can't modern pentathlon runs rugby league. 
Meanwhile, at the same time, we applied to the International Rugby League and the European Rugby League if we can be the official body. So they recognised us because they knew all we were doing. We were playing rugby league. So we were allowed to play internationals. We were the official body for the International Rugby League. So we were allowed to play the internationals. The modern pentathlon wasn't. You know, they had like one team, two teams. They'll, they'll play one game every six months where we were playing re- regular. The Malta game, if that game was forfeited, Malta wins 30 nil. What, you yeah, know what right. happens there? They go through. We have to play this game. We have to win. It's important. So what, what do we do? Malta, the Malta players and officials didn't know when the game's going to be on. We know it's going to be on this day. You know, you're going to go to the hotel. We're going to tell you the, the day of the morning, the bus driver will take you to the ground. It's all in secret. <laughs> Look, I didn't even know. George said to me, do you want to know where it is? I said, no. Don't tell just, just tell me, the, you know, in the morning. When I arrived with the bus, that was it. About two, three people knew. That's all. Jeez. And that was that game was due on the Saturday. So on the on the Wednesday, <laughs> we have to do the decoy. I got up like six thirty in the morning. I left six thirty in the morning from Athens. Went down and caught the bus to Patras. And Patras, we have a team in Patras, Patras Panthers. So you know, it's a it's a seven hour round trip. Got to Patras. The guy that runs the the, the, the Panthers there, uh, he picked me up. I went around Patras, took like a tourist, took photos around mm-hmm. Patras. You know the the dock. The railway station, the famous steps, took photos. I went to the ground, took photos. I had polo shirt, official polo shirt, everything. Witches hats <laughs> to put out. <laughs> so, so on the so on the on the Whistle. that's Wednesday. I came back late at night. So the whole day I was I was in Patras. Came back to Athens on the Friday. I put up on Facebook on my own personal Facebook out and about in Patras, and I had photos of myself in Patras. So yeah. you knew I was in Patras because it's you know it's all photos. Just as, you know, because, you know, the, this guy would be looking on social media and you'll think, oh, all right, he, he, they could be in Patras because yep. he's there. Anyway, on the Saturday morning of the game, I put up a photo of me touching the grass. Yeah. And in the background, you can see Patras Stadium. <laughs> mm. it, was, it, was, it was positioned perfectly, yep. so you can tell. And all I said was two words, pitch inspection. That was it, pitch inspection, and I'll put it up on Facebook. Yeah. On the Greek Rugby League website, and that was it. Yeah, apparently the police did turn up to the ground and I think there was an athletics carnival there. There was a bit of argument and all that. Meanwhile, at the same time, the police in Patras were playing our game in Athens. <laughs> and we ended up you know, winning 60-4 to four against Malta. Wow. We move on. I, I just kept turning around just hoping, you know, every five minutes, oh, is any police coming? And when that full-time siren went, it was just a big relief, big happiest. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah, so I mean, It just boggles the mind to think. <laughs> This is where we were at. What a story! Dur- during a test match, yeah, and it's and the, the drama didn't finish there. When we played Norway, uh, it had to be a neutral ground, so we played it in London. But when we played Scotland, we were supposed to play Scotland in Athens. We had to play at a good ground, and this is going to be so important because you know this is Scotland and Serbia. Yeah, you know this is a chance to go to the World Cup. So. We did ask the European Rugby League, look, you know, we've got drums here and all that. Spoke to the Scotland Rugby League and they were fantastic. I said, would you be happy if we played it in London? That were over the moon. Yes. Because they, actually they allowed them to have more players. Sure. More players will become available because they just get, you know, get the bus down. So you're, give, you're giving up the neutral advantage, that, you know. Yeah, because we didn't want any... Yeah, we didn't want the game not to be played because yeah. if it's, it doesn't get played, we, we lose the forfeit. We can't afford... You know, we need this game. It's yeah. not going to look good for us. So we played that in mm-hmm. in London, and then we played Serbia in uh, in in Belgrade because mm-hmm. it did come down to 
whoever wins between Serbia and Greece sure. mm. gets in the World Cup. And Serbia scored after nine seconds. Um, they kicked off and the ball just held up in the wind. And we just, you know, the two players were looking at it and bounced straight to one of the Serbian guys and he ran, ran over and scored. Mm. And I think it's the quickest try in international rugby league. Jeez. Really? And they celebrated like they won the grand final. And we're just mm. looking at each other. It was 6 0, you know, after you know, a few seconds. And people say, well, what happened? I said, well, the full time score was 82 to 6. So. <laughs> <laughs> More than a point a minute. But even then, just, yeah. to, just to win, it was just a relief. Like, hey, we're mm. going to the World Cup, you know. Mm. It took a while to sink in that, you know, we're going to the World Cup. And I think it hasn't even fully sink in until, you know, we walk out that first game, you know, against France in, in Doncaster. Mm. So look, look at this, you know. They can't take this away from us. It's a historic moment for us. And it doesn't matter what the score is, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just being there. And, I mean, we've already got in place what we're going to do in the next few years. It's not, mm. you know, my concern before was, you know, Italy and USA made it in 2013. Yep. And not a lot of things have gone, you know, they made the World Cup and they thought, geez, rugby league is going to blossom. But yeah. it's gone backwards mm. in the, both those nations, you know. This yeah. is an opportunity for Greece. Like Greece could genuinely become a rugby league nation in some respect. Yeah, I agree because Ake, Ake Athens, which is, you know, a famous soccer club. Yep. Uh, they've got a team in, the, in our rugby league comp, domestic comp, and uh, one of the the guys up there, pretty up high, said to me, he goes, you know, Terry he goes, look, soccer and, and and basketball, or they call it basket there, basket, basket. I remember the first time they told me, you know, you like basket? Yeah. I go, well, what do I like a basket for? You know, like, <laughs> really? I basket? Like no, I, don't baskets, know. I can, ca- but, I, I can yeah. carry stuff on the basket. Yeah. I, I didn't know what they meant, yeah. you know, and then they, finally they worked it out. Was, you know, no basket, <laughs> yeah. you know, the yeah. sport. So that's look. That would be the two biggest things. Yeah. But yeah. the guy did say to me, he goes, Greg Blue can become the third biggest sport because the mm. Greeks love it. Yeah. You know, mm. if they know about it, they'll they'll really get behind it because they just love you know the contact. They love you know you know people getting belted. It's just yeah. you know they really are, are meant you know they you know built for this. Even the the sponsors just love it. The spectators so. It's got a lot of potential. And now, obviously, it has the recognition by the government. It's an independent sport, whereas rugby union is not. It's still under handball. What does that do for the game in terms of how it can flourish now? What opportunities does that open? Oh, it's massive. It's massive because now we can get good grounds. Uh, most importantly, training. Like, training now can be promoted. Like, people come and try rugby league. This is the ground. Before, you couldn't. Before, yep. an hour before training, you know, you get a message going, this is where training is at. And people will, you know, <laughs> rock up. It's, it's just, in, and people then will say, Jeez. well, what's going on? You know, mm. we lost a lot of players, yep. you know, because of that. Not just COVID, but, well, Because know, it was a covert operation to, to play. It was. And, and this, this is going back to 2015, mm. you know. It's seven years, you know. It's not... It took a while for us to, you know, to, to get to this point. And, and I've got to give to the guys in Greece. They had our support, yes, but they, they kept up the fight, you know, mm. and kept going, kept going. You know, they could have easily said, look, I've stuffed this. But, yeah. you know, they kept going. They applied. You know, look, we got a lot of the ambassadors involved finally yeah. because they went to the sports ministry. Once, once cities are went out, mm-hmm. uh, out of power, they went to the sports ministry but who comes out? The guy that's fourth or fifth in charge. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, what is he going to say? All right, we're going to take it up to the next level. Let's get the, you know, ambassadors involved, everybody. A lot of the, you know, European Rugby League came to the party, International Rugby League, and yeah. they had a big meeting with the sports ministry, the actual yep. sports minister. So that's Lina Menzoni now. Well, I think you know more than me. But <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he said, look, legally, it doesn't matter how it was done, it's legally under minor pentathlon. If you guys, you know, get 20 clubs legal clubs 
come and apply. We've got to do it the right way. You know, this is the yep. way it's got to be done and fair and fair enough. And so it was a long process for them to, to go around, you know, get the clubs uh, registered, everything. They applied in February. And when that message came through, George sent me the message saying, look, going to announce soon in about an hour. I'm just letting you know we've got recognition. And I was like, Kidding. wow. I was what doing car wheels, you know. If you saw, I was actually at my parents' house, mm. and if you saw some lunatic in Marrickville dancing, <laughs> uh, that was me. And and wow. it's this is the most important thing, you know. World Cup is you know you know great, but this is the most important because now we can go to the next level. We can go into schools, you know. We can they can try and get funding and they can mm. promote it. That, that's so, so we've got 20 teams now in Greece there's, there's, there's 20 there's 20 clubs registered a lot of them are, 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 are you know not not as big mm-hmm. so it's going to you know process through two divisions 10 clubs are the the big ones you know so division one yeah we'll have to, that's how that's how it's going to start and then have tournaments with the other clubs to start sure you know start slowly that's getting into it so two divisions 20 clubs the first one will be registered. It'll be ten, yeah, twenty. There'll be ten. Yeah, there'll be like mm-hmm. ten to twelve yep. uh, coming season. Yep. The other clubs will be playing in tournaments to just try and get them, you know, get them up to speed. Yep, it's fantastic. Do you know the names of the clubs? The main clubs here, are the ones we got: Rhodes Knights, which mm-hmm. is the, the, the they're the big ones. Then in Athens, you've got, uh, and I hope I don't miss any, Ake Athens, yep. uh, Athens City Raiders, mm-hmm. Attica Rhinos, Paramount Tigers, mm-hmm. Peter Hills. We have got um, Larissa. Uh, Lamia, we've got Patras, and I'm thinking of, I'm trying missing uh, Glyphada Sharks. Don't forget the mighty Glyphata Sharks. Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks. Uh, they're also a union club. Are playing a, they've, okay. they've already played a bit of league, mm-hmm. um, and I just last week I managed to get the Cronulla Sharks after six months of me um, harassing them <laughs> to donate a set of jerseys, which How I'll take with them. So because. The Sharks play in Uruguay. Anything, any whatever blue jersey you yeah. got, just turn up on the day. It just mm. doesn't look good. So we've yeah, got the yeah. we've got the the jerseys for them. So they you know I look like a rugby league team. So oh, wow, Glyphada Sharks. Yeah. So that's you know I've got a bit of a soft spot now because they are the Sharks and they yeah, are that. light blue. So it's perfect. Yeah. They are light blue yeah. and Sharks the logo. So Cronulla Sharks is a perfect fit. Yep. Mm, How good Fantastic. Is that? So when does the season start? They normally start the September. I know they're going to have a few tournaments before then uh, in September. So it's probably might even start when the World Cup finishes. The Greek competition goes from a few months. It goes from around September, October mm-hmm. to about April. And people go, geez, wow. that's long. But they don't play every week. And the, mm. the, the smart thing is they play every second week, third week. Mm-hmm. So teams play nine, ten games a year, but mm. they spread it out because, you know, people go work and all that, but yep. they can mm. work around that. And yep. and any new nation, they should look at that kind of model too mm. because, you know, every week committed, like, oh, let's play ten weeks in a row. Mm. Not a lot of people can commit to it, you know. They've got yeah, work and all out. that, so yeah. it works perfect. So even people in Australia, once your season ends in Australia, you can go to Greece and play a couple of games as well, possibly. Well, they they can, and that's why we we have our international window in October because we we go there, they train, and, and they just love it. Like Steve said before, you know, they all turn up, and you just see how excited they are and really into it, and you just yeah, it's a big smile on your face when you see that. Yeah. Mm. So we've got Bastos. You mentioned any other names you should look out for? Well, Nyanyakis. Um, there's another guy called Nyanyakis. He's playing in. Um, you know, he's in the army. You know, he's he's, he's a real tough bastard, mm-hmm. and he's gone to on his own own back 
uh, gone to England yep. and he's playing for Wollstone Rovers, which is uh, like a feeder club to the Warrington Wolves uh, in the right. National League. So he's been playing there for the last couple of months just to oh, get ready for the World Cup. Yeah, right. What position? Is he? he plays a back rower. He played against Norway. He's been playing for us um, in, in the last 2019. Um, and Norway scored two tries uh, in that game in London. And um, that's when Peter Mamazella scored four tries, yeah. mm. um, which was um, yeah, a great effort from the, the Greek boys. And that's, again, we could only have four heritage players. Yeah, so the Greek yeah. guys stood up. There's Greg Koo there. The, he's actually in Belgium, but he travels down to Netherlands to play rugby league. Wow. Mm. So, you know, he's, he's done well. Uh, we've got, um, you know, a few of the, the other guys. Um, we said Stefano Bastas, you know, he'll be there. He's, he's uh, of course, the, that name. Yeah, it's the best name. Well, it just reminds you of my my he's, uncles in the Kingswood in the 1980s. If someone would cut him off, he'd scream, "Hey, fucking bastard!" You know? Well, we call him Bloody. He's his nickname. You know, that's what Bloody. So Bloody Bastards. It took okay. a while. People didn't pick it up. You yeah. know, hey, Bloody Bastards. You know the yeah. you know, the Greeks. Bloody Bastards. So that, you know that's it. That's his name there. So. Yeah. There's Cats of Donors too from Rhodes too. He he was mm-hmm. one of the players that came out 2018 to Australia. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Roos Giannis, Roos he came over to Australia as well. He, he'll he'll be there. So the eight guys we, we've kept from last year um, because mm-hmm. of COVID, there hasn't been a, too much uh, rugby mm-hmm. league activity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only just starting now yeah. uh, to play again. So we've just we've kept the same eight guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in the next year or two, now when they're, they're playing regular rugby league, mm-hmm. uh, there's no restrictions. We're going to see a lot of a lot of new talent come through. The games are obviously going to be televised. Fox League in Australia is going to be covering the World Cup. How do you reckon the commentators are going to go with the Greek names? <laughs> Look, they're, they're professionals. Look, they'll come to us. Come, you know, yep. they'll come to us and say, "How do you pronounce?" That's what they do. You know, yep. look, I've mm-hmm. been involved for so many years, and I used to work at Fox Sports, and people will come. In a, you know, how do you pronounce it? And yep. and these days now, when you look at the media guide and that. From the clubs, they actually have the pronunciation of the players. Cause fin- got, phonetically, right? Well, you, mm. you've got the Islanders too. Like, yes, yes. Lib- you know, like for myself, Liberopolis and all the Greek names. Now, I like mm. Smith and Jones. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially <laughs> compared to the Islanders. So yeah, that's true. It's not too hard, but we'll we'll tell them how to say it. Yeah. You know? They'll probably struggle with one or two. It's going to be surreal, though, isn't it? I just can't wait because <laughs> the first game is when my, it's on my birthday. So it's like, oh, okay, right. what a what a birth, you know, a great birthday to just just to walk out and just go, look, we're here. They can't take this away from us, no matter what the score is. You know, look, we are the underdogs, but it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, oh, people right. say to me, "Oh, mate, look, you know, you flog." We don't care. Like, we want we we want to go there to win. Just yeah. look, you know, we're not going. We want to go there and perform. But I know what you mean. Just seeing the Greek jersey run out and yeah. playing in a World Cup. That's exactly right. And then three years later, we've got another World Cup that we've got to qualify for. That's another aim. We've got the girls. You know, the girls are doing the World Cup qualifiers next year as well. Yeah. So mm. it's just you know, who would forget about just the men. Tell me the yeah. girls gonna play. Greek yeah. girls are playing. They've got wow. they've got an international against Turkey September twenty fifth. I'm like, you know, I go there to the training and you look at the Greek girls running and I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, yeah. and they were featured on Alpha TV the other day. Yeah, they? fantastic. You know, they just you know they're getting a lot lot of publicity too. And you know, I can't wait to see how they go too. And it's just getting them to play. And then mm. we're we're having a game here in Australia January twenty eighth. Um, okay, the, the the you know Aussie Greek girls playing Philippines. 
And from there, we're going to select some girls to go over next year to Greece to hook up with the girls there and um, you know mix with them and train with them and play in the mm. World Cup qualifiers. Is Jessica Sergius Greek? That's what she I was is. Say. She is, but she is playing for Australia. I did finally catch up with her. Like you know, she acknowledges, but she's going to mm-hmm. be yeah. She'll be playing probably with Australia. Yeah, um, makes sense. We hope she does turn up in you know for, to the game just to mm-hmm. uh, give the support. support but yeah. we do have you know a few other Greek girls are playing in the. Um, in the NRL women's competition. So mm. Sam Economos is one, and she'll probably be the captain. The Bent sisters too, like Shaylee Bent played for New South Wales this year. Right. Mm. Uh, she's she's Greek. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's keen to play. She's already put her hand to play, and um, they'll probably be in, end up going to Greece to play. And so there's a lot of good quality Greek girls there that mm. we can, they can mix with the other girls. And I think that's going to make a huge difference. So mm. imagine that in 2025, we've got, both Greece in men's and women's. Just Unbelievable. It, I mean, it, it seemed impossible, yeah. you know, so not that long ago. And yeah. yet here we are. We're about to be in a World Cup. We've got the women's game growing. We've got the domestic game growing. It's, I mean, it just looks so positive. The, the outlook is so positive for Greek rugby league. I just look at it and I just go, how good's this? And how proud are you about this now? I'm, I'm very proud. And, uh, you know, we get people that would laugh. Yeah, yeah, you're just a bunch of Greek Aussies. Yeah, yeah, but... And they still do it to this day. And yeah. I, I, my, I've, you know, I've got thick skin, so I don't really, you know, I've been getting this for 20 years, so I don't really care because I know what's happening in Greece. I yeah. know the amount of work that gets done from these guys, which is incredible. we actually got domestic teams, mm. games going on. Yeah. You know, we've got men's, women's. Now we're going to work towards the juniors, especially now we've got, a, and people can say what they like, you know. Yeah. It's not like we're just, you know, all these Aussies dressing up as Greeks, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, I know that's fantastic. not the case, and they, they can say what they like. You know, it's their opinion, but I know what we've got and and what they're doing. And yeah. I, I just wish you know a few other nations can follow that model yeah. because at the end of the day, it's it's about establishing the game in your homeland. Absolutely, mm, that is brilliant. It's all started from a plane trip to New Caledonia. It did, and yeah. who would have thought that? You know, I, yeah, that was day one, and you know, six and months later, I went to here? see Steve. Mm-hmm. I went to see Steve to. Um, was it probably three months later yeah. from that that first you know that plane trip mm. and i went and had a meeting with him in Kuji, and i wow. just said mate would you be interested in coaching greece and he said yeah all right yeah, and why not so that plane yeah. trip now to tuesday the 18th of october at 12 30 a.m here you're pl- you're going to be running out is it keep moat stadium yep against france yep. how and that's your Unbelievable. birthday that's my birthday so we, we'll be 17th there how fitting is and that? um yeah, what a great birthday present. I couldn't wish for a better yeah. birthday present. And and then we're playing England. Like, you know what? Massive. This is massive. Like, for the players, oh. I think they've sold already 25,000 tickets out of the 32,000. Wow. So it'll, it'll get up. It's going to be packed. Probably big capacity. Sure. Brenmore Lane, which is a fantastic, fantastic ground. Mm. We're actually going to go there the week before um, a special guest of Sheffield United um, right. to, to watch the game and be introduced. I think we're going to be introduced to the crowd or acknowledged. Um, so it's, and where the funny thing is with that game, we are the home team. We won the toss, yeah, right? So we we get the dressing rooms, which is fantastic dressing rooms. So fantastic. even though England are playing, mm. which is the, the, home the home nation, side. we're the home team. So we get the home dressing room, and yeah. So just imagine how good it's going to be to have Greek fans there up against the English fans. It's going to be unbelievable. And, and also a lot of a lot of fans there in, in the UK. It's, Greece will be the second team. Yeah. Mm. So, and we're playing. We're playing Bradford as a warm-up game. So okay. it'll be good just to see, yeah, some mm. of the support there as well. And that game, every player that's if they're not injured will be playing. 
You know, mm. we're, we're going to use all, every single player to get a bit of a run. You know, give them a bit of a, some experience, especially the, the Greek boys, just to, you know, get the cobwebs out. Mm. I'm sure Steve and they will kind of flog them at training. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just good for them to get a game under, under the, you know. Yeah, under their belt. So how can people follow Greece's fortunes at the World Cup now? What's the best way to, to follow you guys? Any news that can get on the Facebook, which is the, the official one, is it's Greek Rugby League Federation. Just type that in there. There is another page, Greek Rugby League Australia, which is, um, you know, we're linked. It's, it's, it's the same. It's same, but, yep. you know, the official one is, you know, with all the Greek news, the Greek Rugby League Australia, we... It'll be you know behind the scenes with you know what's going on in the tour we're posting it up it's also for fans to and family to see you know what's what's going on with their you know the the, the players and all that also you know with the fox sports you said yep. we'll, be, we'll be covering it and yeah. i just hope like you know a lot of people will, will you know stay up and, and watch it yeah and man and send us messages like you know support you know on facebook you know we, we love to see that you know um when people people write you know good luck and all that you know we do read it and players read it and it does make you know they they feel good about it you guys launched your official jersey the home and away strip for the world cup it looks fantastic where can people buy it um, just go on the Facebook page again. We are going to have another link to where you can buy, but you just go to the Facebook. They email me, tell me the size, the pre-order. So they've probably got two weeks before we put the order in. So get in quickly. Look, there's no limit to it, so it's not like you, you know, we're going to run out. We just yep. whoever, need, whoever wants one, um, I'll send them the details, bank details, mm-hmm. and then we will we'll order it. And by the time the first game comes around, the, you know the, they've got the jersey on, and maybe they take a photo. They can post it on their you know the facebook page Absolutely. people don't realize how much money it takes to to run this like definitely i think from um and i was telling steve on the way here like you know we've probably put in 1.5 million in the last 10 years like yeah, and that right. includes that includes pl- players from here putting you know paying for their own way yeah that's a lot of money definitely for rugby league mm. now it's, it's getting up to about 200,000 just to go to the world cup mm-hmm. even though you know the world cup pays for things the yeah. funny thing is we still have to pay to get to Greece because yep. the World Cup only pays from Greece yep. to UK. So we've okay. got to get there. We've got to got we've got a training camp in Greece. We've got to pay right. for that. Yep. They only pay for thirty two people. Sure. We've got a squad of forty. Mm-hmm. We've got to pay for the extra. So it's a lot of money. Yep. We were a bit short. You know, we were struggling a bit. You know, it wasn't just fundraising with getting all this money. Mm. Um, and Nick Polites came to the rescue. Um, and I really, really, really thank Nick. Mm. Um, you know, Nick. he said, you know, he's how much you need. You know, we told him and. And we said, what do you want to put on the jersey? And he just said, Kithira. You know, which that's his island that he yeah. comes from. Yeah. And he just said, put Kithira. And then on the front of the jersey, that's what he says, Kithira. Beautiful. And um, yeah, how good is that? And it's really going to be, you know, people already talking about Kithira. Was yeah. at the island? Yeah. It's a great island. It is. It's promoting the island. It's, you had know, a lot tourism. of Kithirians on the, on the podcast. We've had yeah. many Kithirians. Yes. <laughs> and on the back, um, it, it also got one of the spots in the back and it's got it's Aphrodite on the back. And people are saying, well, why Aphrodite? Well, you know, God of love, she comes from um, Kithira. Kithira. So, <laughs> yeah. That's simple as that, you know. He's he, he's not a smart businessman for you know for no reason. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and good on you, Nick. That's look fantastic. at Uncle Nick coming to the rescue. Yeah, he's the best. We love you, Uncle Nick. Also, one of our sponsors is going to be your shorts. Yep, sponsor as yeah, well. Yeah, there's Meet the Greek. You know, we've got Jim Searle with Country Homes, he, Quality Homes. He's been around for a long time. He, mm-hmm. you know, we, we really thank him. There's Sydney Electrical. There's a, a lot, a few of our sponsors here. They've been around for a while, and um, a couple of new ones making a big difference it really helps um fantastic to just get get across the line yeah good stuff good stuff to the mujos people and meet the greek restaurant absolutely people 
Well, look, I think that, that about wraps us up. Terry, mate, thank you so much for being here with us and thank you for, for bringing the boys along. We wish you guys all the very best. And you know we're going to be sitting right on this couch wearing our Greek jerseys following everything in the coming months. No, I appreciate you having having me here and, and the guys. Um, it's only only a few weeks to go before yeah. you know before the games yeah. start and um, a lot of things happening not just after the world cup as well you know we've got european championship next year world cup qualifiers yeah. start again it's it's a lot of things we're planning for the future so this is just the start of many many good things well Fantastic. we'll have to bring you back then we will <laughs> yeah look again. and just congratulations mate from what you've Absolutely. done from that plane trip to going to a world cup of rugby league and what you've done in greece Awesome job, mate. You should be commended for what you're doing. So mate, we're I, all proud of you, mate, what you've done. It's all because of you. I appreciate it. And look, we've got a great team, you know. Um, everybody's putting the, the you know, the hard yards, the guys in Greece, you know, yeah. here. Look, you know, it's, it's a great... Well done to George a great, great team. As well. Great team, yeah. George, yeah. you know, Jimmy, Mihalis, uh, Artis, yeah. all these guys in Greece. Um, they've done a great job. The guys yeah. here in Australia, it's just we've worked together. Yeah. You know, we are a team. I keep saying it, we're a team, and yeah. uh, that's why Good uh, we've spirit. Yeah, that's why we've got to the World Cup and yeah. and getting the domestic competition, getting the recognition. Yeah, thank you to everybody. Perfect. So the listeners out there, stream Eastern Standard Time. It's twelve thirty a.m. on a Tuesday, eighteen October. Greece versus France. How good's that? Unbelievable, gents. We could sit here talking about rugby league all day, and Nick and I frequently do, but <laughs> unfortunately, we've come to the end. It is. It's a shame, but... How good is it, Nick? Seriously. I love talking Greece rugby league. Greece in a World league. Cup. It is. And right, our favourite topic, talking rugby league as That's well. That's it. Yeah, fantastic. Look, we're definitely going to see you at the function up the road here to announce the team. Uh, put an order in for me and Tom for two jerseys. I think we're going to get Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Terry, and thank you, Tom. It's been fantastic. No worries, How good is it? To all our listeners out there, if you want to get in touch with us, uzortalk at outlook.com and on social media, most social media platforms, at uzortalk or at uzor underscore talk for Instagram. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Ακολουθήστε μας στο Soundees, στο Spotify, στο Apple Podcasts και στο Google Podcasts.